this is the Virtually Rooted Podcast, if that's the name. (laughs) I'm here with my friend Aubrey, and we're sitting outside on our porch in beautiful Paonia, Colorado. And Aubrey's been here living at the Smiley Barn, which is where I'm from and where we live together. Um, I'm, I'm a little high right now. <laughs> this is our first podcast. And Aubrey's here so that I feel a little less nervous. Yeah. <laughs> and to help guide the conversation into our topics, which I've had some feedback from my followers of what you're interested in and that primarily revolves around life on the farm and my lifestyle here as well as how that's possible and what my business is like and how business is set up and that's one awesome thing that I have in common with Aubrey is we are both really business oriented and we propel each other in such a good way so I just want to let Aubrey say a little bit about maybe how we met and what brought us back together Mm. how we are in our friendship now yeah as we sit on the porch yeah and gaze at the beautiful valley and really understanding the lifestyle that we're living at this point which is the ability to have this kind of space and live on a barn and then really excel in building online businesses. Paige and I, let's see, we knew we had a solid like sister connection, you know what I mean? Like sister. In 2018 at Joshua Tree in California, climbing rocks and finding that connection with nature. And we just stayed friends then when we both went to OCU, which great course, learned a lot there about how the business setup goes. It it really, I think, is more pointing to our ability to focus on what we want and go get it and find the structure that'll help you set up the vision that you have. So I'm super grateful for you, Paige, because that was that extra emphasis that I needed to like, come on, go build your vision, go have the the lifestyle that you want as I'm sitting in the middle of the city in a beautiful city, but nonetheless a city. (laughs) And it's so sweet how I feel the same way about you in the business side, because Aubrey and I, as we went through our business program together, I confided in her and I didn't know exactly how to move my business along and how to make it what I wanted it to be, which was more than just taking one-on-one clients. It was being able to assist other people in becoming coaches and mentors and being able to help more and make the ripple bigger with holistic medicine and health in general. And Aubrey has been, um, certifying students for a few years now in NLP and life coaching. And she says to me, Paige, you need to just mentor the coaches and the practitioners. You are the coach for the coaches. And that just 
opened my mind and my heart so much to be able to step into that role of uh, my place as a leader and being able to get the information out and make the ripple bigger. But I was really afraid to take that step and it was Aubrey who propelled me into that. So I love how we do that for each other in many facets, but that's a big one. That's a great observation. Thank you for, for that <laughs> awareness because I hadn't seen it like that yet. And yeah, it, it's bringing awareness to the possibility that's there, right? You brought awareness to the possibility of living out here and living the lifestyle that I want. And I helped you see the possibility of, to coach the coaches, all you need to do, right? Quote unquote, all you need to do is go through a separate system, a system that has an accredibility check. And so a company that checks your shit to make sure that you're a good teacher, a great teacher, a great mentor, and the ability to coach other people. So, you know, we go through a little bit of a rigorous test to bring that to our students because you have to get certified as a, as a trainer and mentor, you know? It's the awareness though of what's the opportunity that's available for you that we get to show each other in different ways. That's so fun. <laughs> Our little um, bench that we're sitting on is really creaky in the back, if you can hear that. But we're in the middle of this valley. We have a 360 degree view and I'll be sure to share a picture of it with this podcast, but, um, or maybe on, I don't know if you can do that, share a picture on a podcast or is it just a video? on the podcast notes okay yeah it's my first podcast yeah. but it's been in my heart for a long time and Aubrey does podcasts so that was another thing that I felt inspired with and yeah so because we're both in the position of mentoring the mentors and having a business online that gives us so much more than what I'm about to speak to in um, joy and fulfillment, but on the realism side, being able to be where we want to be as well as teach and give our gift however we want to give it and makes it accessible in more places than having something that's tying us down and I think that's really why Aubrey and I are here is because we're breaking these chains that the government and society is really putting on us with a lot of different shifts but uh, inflation <laughs> is a real one as well as what that means for our time and how we value ourselves working hourly or working for less than what your time is worth is just even more not worth it <laughs> now because of how society is moving and the vast difference between how much life costs and how much time we have and what companies and people value time at and what that general consensus is if that's $15 an hour is a minimum wage, then most jobs revolve around that unless you have some sort of other education to put on top of minimum wage, right? But none of that construct really 
matters <laughs> when you start valuing yourself and you're asking yourself what you're worth and what you want to do and how you can exchange that for some sort of value. It doesn't have to really be monetary. It could also be a trade and trade can look like food. I'm getting really more in touch with that as I live out here in this community is that trade can look differently. It doesn't have to be just for massage or just for money or things like that where you're, um, did, did that sound funny? <laughs> massage and money, like a body massage. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and financial compensation for your time hourly. Not a sex worker. Yeah, no, no, that's not what you're saying. We get it. The different um, passions that people have, whether it's teaching, there's a bunch of people teaching dance classes out here, things like that. So expressive, creative talents that you have to give to others and can share with others. And being able to do that trade or for food or um, a place to stay. I know that work trade is also a thing for housing. And we actually have a work trade opportunity here because my sister just left the bus. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We're looking for people who are able to trade for things other than money. And my ideal situation is to have someone in the bus or in a tiny house here that I can trade the childcare for a place to live. And with Chloe, I haven't spoken too much about Chloe. Chloe is the other part of Smiley Barn that we are purchasing this together with her. She's our partner and dear friend, and she has children as well. So because many people here, especially the people who are financially responsible for the Smiley Barn, need childcare, being able to gather childcare instead of money to pay the mortgage mm-hmm. is a completely fair trade because right now I'm childcare is very expensive and it would feel better to have them around the house and things like that even though we love who they're going to it feels like a closed loop system and when we can close our loops more and more we become more self-reliant and eventually, hopefully, one of the only things that we're paying for is our mortgage. And we have our animals here, we have our food and our water comes from here. And we're able to step into more of those closed loop systems. I'm not sure how I got to this Beautiful. point. That's what is coming through. You started at the jobs, like working the jobs that yeah. you love and really focusing your time and the value of your time way differently than the monetary system of you need to work for this amount of money per hour and then that's why you spend most of your life. It's the idea of having most of your life be of huge value because of the time that you have. And so how are you spending that time? What, who are you spending that time with? And so I thought that was a really beautiful point because it's most of our life, a lot of our life is of work and communicating with other people. So we should be able to direct it in the way that's going to make us the happiness, the happiest for sure. And then with the smiley barn, which is making us the happiest for sure. 
what you're saying is creating a closed loop system, which is the most sustainable farm. You know, that's the farm that's going to make it. And even going outside the monetary system of dollars and payments, it's having somebody's time that we value that can share their time to watch kids, you know, and to be a part of this, this community here or butcher animals or things like that. I'm really interested, although I've never done it myself. I did get my hunter safety license once when I was 12 though. (laughs) But hunter safety. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm really interested in having more of our food come from our property. We have 3.9 acres here. And that is enough space to have animals. I know that it's completely doable on less, but right now it feels like um, this is the perfect amount of space. Having less for me right now feels like I don't wouldn't know where to put everything. Yeah. <laughs> but we have a barn, the Smiling Barn. And it's primarily open. We've got a couple of horses, which kind of feel like that's what's taking up the most room right now before we can branch into other animals. But I was listening to The Confessions, which was from Katia Nova. Um, I can also link her in the notes, but she's got The Confessions and it, it started as The Confessions of a Recovering Vegan and then just transitioned into The Confessions of a Well-Nourished Woman. And listening to the first podcast with Tara from Slow Down Farmstead, she was talking about how bunnies are a really sustainable meat source and Mm. how rabbits can graze on the weeds that we have here. We don't have to bring in a lot of grain or things from outside. She she was arguing that they were easier than chickens. Mm. And we we have chickens now. Their grain comes from a farm down the road, but still if if bunnies are that easy and we're not raising meat chickens right now i don't know why i'm not sure if they could all fit in the coop or if we need to do something different like that we might need a bigger space for them if we had more chickens but rabbits could go in the barn and we could just use uh, the chicken wire around the stalls and put a little outside part and then they can go in and out of the stalls. So we have almost everything we need, I think, for rabbits. Um, I've never slaughtered an animal before. Our friend Caleb has only chickens though. But I know a lot of people in the community who have harvested rabbits. I just would need to It's changing the relationship that that you used to have too with animals, being a, a, you know, different, way of seeing animals than you're used to. <laughs> like like when? Like when you were vegan. No, that's not completely true. I <laughs> was vegan and I was hard as fuck in the vegan, but I was not for the animals. It was really about the environment. It was really there where I was like, Olive was a couple months old. I think she was three months old. And I watched Cowspiracy and I was like, fuck that. My daughter deserves a planet. I will not contribute. I'm done. But it wasn't really about the animals so much. Um, That was a good talking point if I needed it, but it wasn't my main reason for being vegan. Mm. So it's been easy, but that was a huge transition in my self from vegan 
to carrying Wahali in my womb and having to feed another body and transitioning out of vegan was where is this coming from? Because if my main concern was and still is the environment, how can I just make less of an impact? And what I'm finding is that closed loop systems, when you're living and eating locally, that is the most sustainable thing that you can do. It's not being vegan because that tofu and the soybeans, um, all of the quinoa, all the things that are shipped in, that's not really sustainable. And a lot of it is done with labor that isn't um, what you probably want to support with your dollar. But when you're eating locally, I know where my meat's coming from. I know my friend Lauren is the pig farmer and I've been to her farm and she's my friend and she just does an amazing job with her pigs and then she harvests everything. She uses the fat to make leaf lard, which is something you cook with. And she also has a different kind of lard that we rub on our bodies and it just moisturizes your skin so well, better than anything. If you have any skin problems, <laughs> I recommend finding a local source of lard because it is the first thing I recommend and hydration <laughs> but knowing your farmers changes that idea of mm, that sustainability factor because you know that your friends have good practices so your farmers have good practices and they're small things and when we can even take some of that responsibility on ourselves especially here at Smiley Barn that will feel like another step in that direction of liberation and breaking those chains that I had mentioned earlier. Uh, I think the first thing is securing someone who would be down to teach us mm -hmm. how to harvest a rabbit. Yeah, <laughs> and then starting small. <laughs> when the vision is so big, it's definitely about taking small yeah. steps, just tiny steps in the right direction, learning something new every day, especially because of all the new skill sets. like. Slaughtering animals is an entirely new chapter, new relationship, new spiritual practice. It's exciting because it's something to look forward to. One thing that Tara from Slow Down Farmstead said on her talk on the confessions was she was sharing a story and it's cool how these stories, almost like your ancestral stories that you hear about but do you even know those ancestral stories? We just have this idea that stories were passed down, but they're starting to pass down in a different way. Like Tara's friend was sharing a story with her about a family. Now I'll share this story. And that was a family wanted to get bunnies. The kids really wanted rabbits and the parents said to the children that they needed to have their purpose and be a good part of the synergy that's happening on the farm and being able to contribute in some way. Everyone has something to contribute. So if they were going to get rabbits, that they were going to be harvested and eaten when it was that time. The, the children agreed, but they asked if they could take a couple of rabbits that were just pets and 
the parents agreed. So that's what I offered to Olive because Olive's been asking for <laughs> rabbits. And I said, okay, we can get them, but they're going to be a part of this system and we're going to have to slaughter some of them to eat so that we have food and try to stop buying meat from the grocery store as much, or not the grocery store, I'm sorry, from the farms. And then we have some grocery stores that carry local stuff. Anyways, Olive was down for it and she, she just wanted a couple of bunnies that weren't going to be slayed, <laughs> as she said. She's like, can we keep three that won't be slayed? <laughs> so that's what we agreed upon. We'll probably have a smaller number to start, but I think 15 would be a good amount to have if we're going to be harvesting them for meat. 15 rabbits can go quickly if you're eating them. <laughs> I hear they three. multiply really fast <laughs> too. <laughs> I heard that as well. <laughs> that's true. So yeah, that's some tangents of different things that are happening here at Smiley but I think really what's what the reason is that Aubrey and I are here and it's so cool that we get to be here together Aubrey just had a tiny house delivered yesterday so she is here and staying for the foreseeable future yeah <laughs> and that's really cool I feel really grateful to have you here and me too we work really well together in many different ways. Hauling <laughs> wheelbarrows full of gravel <laughs> to level the space yeah. or whatever we need to do. I'm learning that in farm life, it's about <laughs> really being in flow with things that are happening. And it's just this giant life lesson because things come up all the time situations come up all the time that you don't see coming um even yesterday when i was walking back on the task of doing something for the tiny home and then i find the horse just munching hard on the chicken food straight up just like in the bucket face in the bucket <laughs> munching hard and that was a small example you know that only took a few moments but it's like this situation that you are open to and just <laughs> move through it with ease and grace as best as you can while creating a deep relationship to the nature that's there too yeah <laughs> that's so funny good example yeah. <laughs> cool so what's next for business for you as you're on the smiley barn what's next for business for yeah you? in smiley barn yeah What's our business plan? Sure. <laughs> is that what you're asking? Um, that is a good question. We're just trying to harmonize and balance right now. I think just to make Smiley Barn less of an expense that we're carrying as the mortgage. You know, it's all about delegating. And so that goes back to the... Um, babysitting thing but when we're talking about the business plan that's what's included right because if the smiley barn costs five thousand dollars a month how are we paying that are we paying that with our time through our businesses that are separate or are we moving some of that um 
responsibility onto Smiley Barn itself. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Cool. <laughs> so we're thinking about things like that, but I think also a big thing is our food because we do live in a valley where people value their time. We pay our friend $16 a pound sometimes for their meat and we feel great paying that because it's worth it to us. They're our friends, we wanna support them. It is hard, intensive energy to care for a, a, an animal in a good way, feed them the best of the best and process it all yourself. It's a huge feat. So instead of having to pay someone else, I get to pay my friend, but it would be nice if I don't have to pay anyone eventually, or we can trade. So maybe we have rabbit, they have beef, and we can trade or however that looks, you know? So taking some of the financial burden of life, that is food, water, shelter, all of the things that we need, and plus, etc. <laughs> How can we make it here? And so that is kind of the business plan. It isn't how are we going to monetize it? It's just how can we make it more of a closed loop system so that it costs less to live? Me and the kids and Rob being the people that I'm responsible for and we're responsible together in our family unit for, how can we bring in everything that we need from our friends through bar bartering or from ourselves by creating but <laughs> to get there it costs a shit ton of money <laughs> that's the catch i'm not quite sure what happened there but our podcast seems to have gotten cut short by some technical difficulties Nonetheless, I'm so grateful that you have decided to take some time out of your day to spend some time with me and Aubrey and um, just trust that you heard some things that felt inspiring and resonant with you. I'm so happy to answer any questions that you may have, so please reach out in a DM if you'd like to talk a little bit more about any of the things that we discussed or if you have any good questions that you'd like me to do a next podcast on. I will talk to you soon and thanks for tuning in to the first Ritually Rooted podcast. Much love.